The Other Side podcast mission is to discuss important cultural and social issues relating to race, culture, gender, and equality. Hello, world. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Other Side podcast. I'm Scott Kirk here with Lucas Sullivan. And today we will be talking to Charity Martin King, who is the head girls basketball coach at Eastmore Academy here in Columbus. Thanks, Charity, for coming and talk to us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for the invitation. This is our first one in 2019. I know. Wow. 2019. We're a year into this and they're still allowing us to do it. And uh, we never thought. Actually, that would I'm surprised. Yeah, that we're still actually. I'm surprised your mouth didn't get you in trouble. We, <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the year is still young. The year is still young. Well, let's just jump into this, man. Charity, one of the main reasons we wanted to have you here today was to talk about the ongoing controversy, which has really been reignited recently by a docuseries that ran on the Lifetime channel documenting the alleged sexual abuse allegations against R&B singer Robert Kelly or R. Kelly, as he's more famously known. Surviving R. Kelly. Surviving R. Kelly. And a lot of people watched it. And since then, there's been it looks like there's more of a public backlash against R. Kelly, the artist. But we want to just talk in general about what you think in terms because you work with young girls, young black girls specifically. And so we were just curious to get your thoughts in terms of like, for instance, I want to know, has there ever been a time when you felt like you needed to protect your girls from a man? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oftentimes I'm concerned about when we travel. Mm-hmm. In particular, during tournament time or when we travel out of state and we're staying in hotels, I have a hypersensitivity toward making sure you're buddied up. Mm-hmm. When we go to gas stations that have a lot of trucks there, it's always something where you cannot go by yourselves. I need to know who's going to the restroom. Oftentimes, I stand outside of the restroom in the hotels. I have check-in times. They're able to use their cell phones, but they're not to interact with people they don't know in hotel lobbies when we're at games and contests, I always want to be sure that when we're leaving the locker room, you're either with a parent, someone you know, someone that I know is approved to transport you, or you must ride the bus back with me. So I'm very hypersensitive about where my young ladies are, who they're with, and what they're doing all the time. And there's been many an occasion where someone has tried to talk to them, or I see they get a lot of attention, and me and my assistant coaches do a really good job getting them on the bus or making sure we're paying attention to their environment. I got to imagine that that is a scary mm-hmm. thing, not something that is always maybe present or upfront in your mind, but the fact that when you do take your team, you've got to be responsible for the lives of those girls. And I know you don't want to scare them, but are there conversations had? Because I know as a father of girls, I feel uneasy sometimes talking to them about the things that might be out there. So maybe they're not even aware. Like, do you feel a need to bring that up to them? Do you discuss it in some kind of way? We do. Even before we get off of the bus when we're traveling, I say, I want you to remember that you're girls, you're brown girls, you're beautiful girls. And when you get off of this bus, you are to stay together. And there's a discussion I had with them even a few months ago about human trafficking. Mm. When we look at the access points from the freeway system in Ohio and how we have some of the highest rates of human trafficking in the country. And so making them aware of those things so that they are positioned properly in the space. And it's challenging because you want them to have a sense of innocence and, and maintain that sense of innocence of I'm traveling with my team. We're having a good time, but you cannot literally go 
anywhere without your buddy or your sister. We have what's called a sister system where someone older or a more mature peer is paired with an underclassman because they're accustomed. My seniors and my juniors are more accustomed to travel, but you must be with your sister. And if all sisters are accountable for each other wherever we go. Do they get why you're impressing that on them? Do they get, I don't want to say a sense of danger, but do they get that someone could be trying to prey on them or is it kind of just to them they're just they're not really there it's just kind of something you tell them to do and so they kind of just go along with it yeah well some of my freshmen or the younger girls not as much but the older girls yes because this is consistent messaging from our program this is a very 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 consistent message that we're doing when we go places and they really do I've had situations where a few of my girls said man there's some weird guys in the lobby I just I want some hot chocolate but when we came in did you see those guys they're more aware now I've seen over the years than Mm -hmm. when I first got them and so one of my assistant coaches is a male and he'll sit in lobby we'll make sure that our girls are safe you have to be with your sister my girls joke and they call me a vampire they say I never sleep because I'm always checking to make sure they're in their rooms making sure that they're safe so I do think that they are aware but it's because we are consistently messaging now every now and then they will do something that I will say that's silly or that doesn't make sense is okay you're going to the bathroom why would you leave your bag right here that doesn't make sense If you have a bag, you're traveling with that bag, you need to keep your bag with you. You don't know if someone puts something in your bag. And now with media and being able to track people through devices, we have to be careful about where we sit things and make sure that someone is accountable for your bag. I got to say, like, I mean, I didn't play sports all the way through high school, but up until part of my high school career and I never there was never a conversation getting off the bus and I coach kids now I've never had to have that conversation because it's been mostly boys right and it's just it's alarming that you have to have that conversation because you coach girls yeah and then because I don't think your male counterparts who are coaching boys teams I hope I think it's a false hope but I hope they're on the bus saying hey there are going to be girls here treat them with respect (laughs) I never had a coach who did that, but I think there should be a conversation on the other side that you're having that's probably not happening. I totally agree. I'm also a football mom. My son is in his third year of college right now, but he played football since he was little. played for the Micro Minis here in Columbus for the East Haven Bulldogs. And just going up through that system, I've never heard a discussion about with boys and traveling. Make sure you're paired up. Make sure you're paying attention to your surroundings. Or if there are girls, don't talk to them this way. I've never heard no. that. I've never heard that I never got a talking to. Like, did you? Well, I wasn't athletic. But even but, in, yeah. in any, I mean, I never got a talking to by a male figure about how how I should be treating women right well too I think with boys there's a double standard because with guys it's sort of uh, you know it's a badge of honor if a woman hits on you or a girl hits on you especially an older woman so I think that a lot of men feel like they don't really need to have that conversation with guys because you know that's a part of being a guy it's part of that guy culture whereas with girls you know it's kind of like well we need to really protect them I mean you know boys are just susceptible to being abused as girls are so really that conversation should be had on both sides but I'm just curious in your days of playing sports and coming up as a young woman was there ever a time that you felt in danger or threatened from a man and if so how did you handle it I never did playing sports I've, I've been very fortunate in that vein growing up the majority of my friends have been guys and I was one of those girls who played at lunchtime with the guys and played on the weekends with the guys but I'm also the second of five 
of my parents had five children, so I'm the second of five. So we traveled in a pack. So if you mess with me, you're messing with my older sister or my brother. And so we were already told from a big family, you stay together on the playground, you stay together and stick together at school. No one should bother your sister or no one should bother your brother. And literally when I was in high school, my sister was a senior, I was a junior, my brother was a sophomore. So we already had a built in idea of family, not just by biology, but what my parents emphasized coming from home, which is what I try to do in my program, because some of them are only children or they may have such a gap between them and their sibling is that we need to understand that we are a family. And when we travel, we travel as a family and teaching a multi a big family dynamic or a large family dynamic to young people who in this day and age, it's about the selfie and it's about me, me, me and I, I, I can be challenging. But what I understand is that when I travel as the head coach, there are parents who are entrusting me with their daughters. They are entrusting me that when my child gets on this bus, they're going to come back safe. They're going to come back preferably better than the way they left and that they're going to be okay, that I trust this adult with my precious child. And I never forget that. And I, I often joke with my team, if they make slick comments or different things like that, I remind them I'm a mom first. And so there's certain things that as a mother, you can't say to me or you can't do, but I also bring that thought of, I've got to take care of these girls when we travel. And I've got to make sure that everyone is safe because these are people's children and it's it can seem it can be very very overwhelming because I always make sure I get my food last at the restaurant that all my girls are on the bus Mm. but it's an overwhelming thought when all of these people are depending on you for the safety of young girls it can be scary and you can't get comfortable I always tell coaches and my my assistants we're not comfortable make sure that everybody's out the bathroom check the bus see what's going on make sure we've made eye contact with people when we come into the restaurant because our girls are just happy to get a meal when we're traveling Mm, but you can never forget that you have young ladies that are in your care so one of the most fascinating things to me of that horrific docuseries on R. Kelly was this discussion about how was this able to go on for so long and how was he able to have so many victims and it fell on basically that young black teenage girls are kind of at the lowest level of the societal ladder. And I hadn't thought about that before. And just a few stats, the Department of Justice found that 12-year-old girls and older that are black have higher rates of rape and sexual assault than white, Asian, and Latina girls. And 40 to 60% of black women have had coercive sexual contact by the age of 18. So more than half, maybe. And then 40% of confirmed sex trafficking survivors are African-American women. And so there are stats to back up that it seems like there's just a lack of care or a lack of focus on young black girls. I agree. I did some looking into some things, too. Even when we look at employment, black women are typically either underemployed or not paid according to the jobs that they perform in equality or toward their counterparts, their white male counterparts or other counterparts or white female counterparts. Additionally, when you look at mental health, things related to mental health, there are greater disparities when it comes to African-American women and particular women of color. But there are so so many indicators when it comes to how people perceive the black woman or the black woman's experience in America. Because again, we're speaking from a very westernized perspective about how women are treated, but by and large, how women are treated across the globe, regardless of race and ethnicity, we see some glaring disparities there. But when I think about some of the things that you just said, statistically, it's really recently that we're beginning to have even more 
more of a conversation. I thought about with the documentary related to R. Kelly, I thought about the cases against Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and mm-hmm. Anita Hill and how she was treated back then. I think of the recent, all of the things that are happening in the media, this isn't a new conversation. Right it's now. not a new conversation. Yeah. It's just that there have been leaders through the Black Girls Rock movement, there have been leaders in the Me Too movement who are saying that we're no longer willing to lay down. We've got to find a way to have our voices heard. A very simple thing about this, I was with my son and we were having a discussion about this documentary and he said to me, and this is my own son, he said, Mom, do you think all of them are telling the truth? Yeah. I said, wow. I said, so your initial reaction was, is this true? I said, what about you is thinking, Mom, is this true? He said, well, I mean, all this time, that doesn't make sense. Why was this able to go on for all this time? Are they telling the truth? And I said, if a woman goes into a shelter or something happens when she has to have a rape kit done on her, one of the last things she wants to hear is, are you telling the truth? Right. Yeah. And sometimes as society, and again, this is my own son. And so sometimes as society, we're more likely to look at the victim as the person who has to validate what has happened to them as opposed to saying let's operate from a perspective that protects right before it judges i think there's a bunch of things at work with the r kelly situation i think one of the reasons why i was able to go on so long is because he was a celebrity and i think that a lot of people around him aspiring singers and artists were willing to accept it because they thought that maybe i'll get a record deal out of this as well as their family so i think that was part of it i think you have a lot of the girls that he preyed on probably didn't have strong male role models and female role models in their lives and so here comes this guy and he's got all this money and he's showering you with gifts and he's famous and you know so for a 17 year old girl or 15 year old girl I mean, that's probably who's not like you were saying, speaking about your girls, who's not thinking that this guy could there could be something bad or negative from this situation. And I think that's how you end up with girls in the situation, people who know about it, but don't say anything. And it's allowed. And because he was never formally charged with anything. What do you do? Right. To go back to what Coach said, I've been thinking about this since I saw the series, and I've never seen a moment. I can't remember a moment. I'm sure maybe one has happened where a white guy or a white man has pointed to a black woman or a black teen in the form of saying, this is someone who we should elevate, or this is someone who is a person. It's interesting, but even recently, I talked to someone about the hot and top Venus, the idea of the hot and top and the hot and top Venus. And it was, it's a tribe in Africa. And they, they had this woman who was on display because of the shape of her buttocks. And she became a circus attraction. And the people paid to come and to look at her body. And that, to me, really, when we look at love and hip hop, when we see what's happening in music, when we look at what's happening in pop culture, there is, in my personal opinion, a blatant attack on the black woman. And it's something very different than what you're seeing from white women, Asian women, Latino women. I think um, we're beginning to see a lot of that. And that's been going on with Latino women. When it comes to the African-American female, the attack on the black woman has been systemic in Western culture. 
to the extent of the rape culture from middle passage to becoming the nanny or nursing the child of the slave master, but then also having a baby who resembles the slave master. What does that do to the psychosis of not just the people or the woman, but of westernized culture when we evaluate who black women really are and what our contribution should or should not be to society? And Scott, to your point about one of the things that happened with some of his victims was the acts were so embarrassing and so egregious that the victims didn't want to come forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, his trial in Chicago in 08, the 14-year-old girl in the video that he urinated on, her basketball coach and her best friend on the team testified, that's her. But she denied it. Her family denied it. Her brother took the stand saying that that wasn't her. Even though you had all these, you had folks who knew her saying, no, that's her. And the victim wouldn't come forward. So he was acquitted for that. And so I'm just wondering, as a coach, could you do that? Could you take the stand knowing that that had been done to one of your players, knowing how hurt they are and taking all that into consideration? I was wondering if, you know, putting yourself in a position of, of that coach, who was a man, her coach was, was a male, a black man, and he took the stand and said, that was her. I was wondering, have you thought about how you might approach that? I pray that I would never be in that situation. I pray that not one of my girls would experience anything like that. But I have had situations where over the years, players have confided in me about having been sexually assaulted. I've had girls that confided in me about they were cutting themselves. I've had girls who have confided in me about uh, sometimes I have thoughts of suicide or the uncle or the cousin is touching me. And then we need to link them up with other services so that they can get the help that they need having courage is not always easy and this is what I tell my girls because the question is what if they don't believe me or what's going to happen in my family when they find out and my major thing when those situations have happened is let's talk about you being healthy let's talk about Mm. you being able to survive let's talk about your mind getting stronger your heart getting stronger your spirit beginning to heal and in confidence I'm going to connect you with a counselor so that you can begin to heal because healing is your right and having a strong spirit is your right and your body is yours and no one else's and for someone to press in on your body and your spirit that's not okay and you have a safe space so my first reaction in those scenarios has been are you safe when you go home are you safe because we have a responsibility to report but then you also are always mindful of i don't want to put this child back in a situation that's going to make it worse for you want to nurture right and so in reporting it is connecting them with services and resources that say we're going to get you somewhere where you have someone that you can talk to where you can be strengthened so that your environment and situation it can change because we are seeing higher rates of suicide out of young people, drug and alcohol use mm. and opiate use. All of these things are spiking. And now that those discussions are in the forefront a bit more, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Me Too movements, I think it's giving some some young girls the courage to speak up. But for every child who does speak up, what about those who don't speak up? So I can only speak to the times that a player or not just a player, a student in the building has said to me, I need to share something with you. And on occasion, it's been boys too, who have said, coach, can I talk to you? Something has happened to me. Mm. And it's really, really scary. But our responsibility as coaches and adults and humans, the human issue, the humanity part of us is we must protect. 
we must protect. And if that ruffles a few feathers in the family, and if that ruffles a few feathers here and there, our first responsibility is to protect and make sure that young people are safe. So let's talk about the other side of this issue. And by the other side, I mean, what do you do when you have an artist? And by artist, I mean, it could be a musical artist. It could be a painter, sculptor. Yeah, but it's mostly musical. It's a celebrity. Okay, so I have a whole list of, I just want to read you some of the names of famous artists that have been accused or charged of some type of abusive behavior in the past. Jimmy Page, he kidnapped a 14-year-old girl. John Lennon openly admitted that he beat women in his younger years. Iggy Pop, Dr. Dre, Elvis Presley started pursuing Priscilla Presley when he was 24 and she was 14. That's no difference than R. Kelly and Aaliyah. That's true. Whose parents, and by the way, Aaliyah, deceased R&B singer Aaliyah, who's featured in the docuseries, her parents, they were there, they were involved in that process the whole time. But my question is, a lot of people are saying they're no longer going to listen to R. Kelly music. You've had streaming services like Spotify actually drop drop R. Kelly music from their playlist. Sony dropped him. Sony dropped him. But it took all this time. I mean, these allegations are 12, 14 years old, and now it's just happening now, mainly because of the Me Too movement. Right, absolutely. But the thing is, it's not just about him. You know, you can talk about artists like Michael Jackson, or my question is to you both, do you separate the art from the artist? I loved Chris Brown, but the moment he hit Rihanna, done. I listen to Sirius in my car. If they play Chris Brown, R. Kelly was on there yesterday. As soon as I see that, gone. Like, I don't listen. That doesn't do anything. Now, that's for all artists? That's for all artists. Okay. I wouldn't go see Jimmy Page, you know. But the thing is, is, Lucas, you don't know what people do. Jimmy Page could be beating his wife right now. You would know. But as soon as I do know, that's it. Now, But I know a lot of people aren't like that. Like, a lot of people appreciate, they separate the art and whatever their personal life is. My, My only thing is, if you don't, then what's left? I think I said this to you the other day. What if we all found out that Picasso was a wife beater? Do people stop going to see Picasso artwork and music? Do museums pull it off the wall? Man, Charity, I, help, help me I out. Think, I think I've never seen a Picasso, so you miss. So maybe I'm not for the trees, brother. I don't think you can separate life from art and art from life. The artist and whatever comes from them is a reflection of who they are on the inside because art is very much organic. Art comes from a place deep in you that it's talent, it is pieces, it's all this stuff that God has given you that comes through a relay. So if you're pushing something out of yourself, there is a relay that for you to produce that piece of art. I paint, I draw, I do different things, but what I paint is a reflection of what's happening on the inside. What comes from me is a reflection of what's happening on the inside. I remember when they talked about Chuck Barry. He's the artist that they talked about with young girls and things like that. Uh, Sweet 16 and all these other things. It makes you look at the lyrics and we cannot not look at the lyrics. And I think that we've got to stop spending our dollars toward people who are putting messages out and who are relaying things into the atmosphere that damage and that hurt people, whether it's young girls or whether it's things that promote violence. We've got to stop listening to them. There was a point in time we were in the weight room this year. This is before the R. Kelly series came out mm-hmm. and an R. Kelly song came on. I said, oh, no, no, no. You got to shut that off. Somebody's like, yeah, coach, is, that's her. She don't let you, you can't listen to no R. Kelly. Coach is not going to let you listen to R. Kelly. Now, this is before this And that R. was just Kelly. based on that what That was this year, early in the year, prior to. Okay. Hey. So y'all don't listen to Michael Jackson music? We listen to Michael. 
he's giving come me this on look. Now, Charity. We he listen had, to Michael. He had little kids sleeping in the bed with him. I'm not going to front. I'm not going to Michael he, has come on in the gym. Okay. He, why, but, why didn't you? Wait, why didn't you stop the music? Point. But has Michael has Michael been accused of, or have victims come forward as saying that? I'm asking. I'm asking. What are you talking about? Yeah, victims saying that he sexually assaulted. Yes. He's right. Well, thanks. Now I can't listen to Michael Jackson. He's right. He's right. That's a good point. I'm gonna write him down. He's off. All right, the, he's, he's off too. He's off. He's off. Y'all, he's I'm, off. I'm just telling you, y'all. Y'all gonna be right. left with like three artists no, that are no. because everybody. No. You just. I'm not saying everybody. First of all, I agree a lot with what you said. A lot of artists make great art. It comes from a place of pain or anger or whatever. And so I just think when you start parsing people's personal, no matter how deplorable they are, like for instance, Lucas and I were talking about R. Kelly's song. I believe I can fly. That is a great. Great song. It's inspirational. It's it's a great song. I'm gonna listen to R. Kelly. I'm gonna listen to Chris wow. Brown. I'm gonna listen Boo. to Michael Jackson, like some people do, because at the end of the day, I may not agree with what they do in their personal life, but if the music is good, it's good. I think we have to make a choice. I think we what do it, have to make a choice. Once the knowledge is available to us, we have to do better. When you brought up about Michael Jackson, I hadn't even thought about that. I hadn't even thought about that. But maybe it's because it, it was white boys, so maybe that's why that did not resonate with me. But He's off the list. I'm writing him down. He's off the list because okay. if we make better choices Mel as Gibson, consumers. I I'm yep. never watched another Mel Gibson movie ever. Yeah, everybody has their own red line. Yeah, I get that, and but, I respect. But for you me, guys' position, you, if you hit women and you sexually abuse women, you're off the list. Now, just quickly read the rest of the names on your list that you didn't get to. Somebody named Pete Townsend from the Who. <laughs> you don't know. Pete. No. Okay. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm R and B and hip hop. What do right, you want from right. me? Somebody named Gary Glitter. It's off. I'll cover my ears. Jerry Lee Lewis. I don't know what he oh, did, yeah. but he's on the yeah. two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the most important thing, and I'm glad the industry I'm is going to make better coach, choices. That, that coach brought up. I think you saying no R Kelly got them to think about it mm-hmm. and, yeah. and started the discussion. So whether they have it among themselves or with you or their parents. I think that's a great, mm-hmm. it's a great discussion to have with your, you know, and if that's the vehicle to bring it through, then. I have a question for you, though. Mm-hmm. There's something you said. You said because it was white boys. What difference does that make? I didn't think about it because, again, through my cultural lens, I'm operating from a black po- person's lens, a black woman's lens about what are some of our priority fears, our priority concerns, our priority safety issues. And my team right now, not that it has always been, they're all black girls. And so. So the majority of the things that we're talking about consistently is focused on that subject matter. But there are people being abused, like I said, all over the country. We're just not talking about those things right. as much. So but when someone brings something to my attention, like, boom, this is happening to white boys. I got to be critical of that, too, because that's not that's a humanity issue. But you're right. You're right. We've got to be critical. And I think the industry will make better choices with who they sign if people stop listening. But as long as people are buying the music and they're yep. listening, they're going to keep doing it. What's going on with um, Eastmore basketball? How's the, how's the season yeah, going? How's the season um, going? Season's going well. I think we're something like 12 and 3 or 13 and 3, something like that. Uh, people always ask me the wins. I don't remember the wins. I always remember the losses. So we're doing okay. Like uh, smoking like a true yeah. yeah, we're doing okay. We're the top team, I believe, projected to be the top team here in Central Ohio Division 2. So coming into D2, we should make. Make a splash. I'm praying that we are. This is not wood. 
but I'm praying that we are and that we continue to do well. So the girls are, we're moving ahead. You know, we, we can always get better. In general, if someone wanted to keep tabs on Eastmore's tournament run, when yeah. should they start paying attention? In about two weeks. All right. In about two weeks. We'll, so we'll figure like out what our tournament early, draw early is. February? Yep, we'll All get right. our tournament draw here in a few uh, few weeks and okay. get to see where we where we match up. Thank you for coming in. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks everybody. And uh, we just want to encourage our, our listeners again to uh, go check out that Eastmore basketball. And don't forget, we love to hear from you. So check us out on our Facebook page at Facebook slash group slash Other Side Podcast, all one word. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Other Side underscore POD. And you can email us at Other Side Mailbox at gmail.com. So until the next time, try to see things from the other side. Thanks.